Hello and welcome to Filling the Sink, a podcast from Catalan News. I'm Lorcan Doherty and today we're talking about Catalan cuisine. I hope you're not feeling peckish because over the next 20 minutes or so, you're going to be hearing all about the incredibly rich gourmet culture that's on offer here in Catalonia. We're talking especially about the high-end, fine-dining Cuina Catalana, Catalan cuisine, which has become famous the world over for its innovative and sometimes experimental twists on traditional Catalan cooking. We're serving up a feast for you today, a mouth-watering starter in the form of an interview with none other than Karma Ruscalleda, a superstar chef whose restaurants have been awarded seven Michelin stars. For the main course, we're joined by Judith Calix, head of Cuina, Catalonia's top foodie magazine, which is celebrating its 20th birthday this year. And for dessert, we drop in for a busy shift at one of Barcelona's top restaurants, Alquimia. With me, providing a bit of a palate cleanser between courses, is Alan Thrall. Hi, Alan. Hi, Lorgan. We're going to be hearing from plenty of chefs and experts about what makes Catalan cuisine so special. But for you, Alan, an ordinary run-of-the-mill Catalan who just happens to really love food, <laughs> what does Cuina Catalana mean to you? I, I know you're asking about my opinion, but I actually really liked something that one of the chefs I interviewed said, which is that cuisine, in this case, Catalan cuisine, la cuina catalana, is whatever people who cook make of it. So the cuina catalana is what people living in Catalonia uh, make of it, what, what they cook. And of course, this, like for centuries, has been something else entirely. And, and now it's, it's something different as well. And it, it, it keeps evolving. And, and in, in, in a way, it kind of reflects like the, the kind of society in a certain time and, and space. Growing up here, did you have any sense that all the food you were eating was great? Or, you know, <laughs> did, did, was it like, when, when, when do you realize as, as a Catalan that, oh yeah, you're on a good thing when it comes to food here? No, I, I cannot lie um, to you. We, we've had a few meals together, Lorcan, and, and you know that, that if <laughs> yeah. there's anything that I take seriously in yeah. this life is, is, is food. That's very true. <laughs> I love it. That's when why I, you're here doing this podcast. Yeah, exactly. We couldn't get anyone else, obviously. No, I love it uh, when I love it. And and sometimes I can get really mad. Like my 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 partner, my friends. There's something that they will laugh about. Like oh my god, Alan! I think the only time in my life I've seen you like really mad is because like this this, right, this bar yeah. or something like served a meal that, that you thought it was not it was not good. Da, da, da. Which is not to say that I'm I'm like a, a a foodie like who loves super complicated things. I just like food that is is done like with with passion and by people who love food. And when it comes to the food that's made here, there's a whole load of diverse influences and the geography as well of Catalonia with the sea and the mountains plays a role too. It's all kind of mixed in there. Yeah, it's kind of a, a cliche, which is kind of true as well, that Catalonia is like small in a way, but it also like the, the variety of the, of the landscapes. You have the sea, you have the mountains, many different regions. And this is also reflected when you when you see what people basically have at their disposal to 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 cook what what's available there like you you, you have fish uh you have some some seafood a lot of vegetables uh of course a lot of, of meat as well and this is what people cook because like people cook whatever is at their at their disposal like in, in nature yeah. and there's a long tradition of 
of doing that here. Like uh, when I talked to to Karma Ruscalleda, uh, she mentioned a Libra de, de Sensubi. I, I didn't know what this was. Um, so apparently is this recipe book, um, medieval, dating back to the 14th century, to the beginning of the 14th century. So it's just like a, one of the m most ancient texts in, in Catalan period. Like, right, and it happens to be a cookbook. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly, which makes sense. And it has more than 200 recipes and, and it kind of shows you like the, this variety of, of different different types of food, like fish, meat. Uh, it, it's already there. And you see the, the, the Roman influences, yeah. the influences from the Arabs as yeah, well. Yeah. Everything everything is there. Even, even some ingredients that people in Catalonia don't use that much anymore like like ginger something that maybe makes you think of more like indian cuisine but but like it's something that w was one of the m the most common spices here in catalonia and, and 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 for instance it's the opposite with with tomato uh which of course now pan tomaca is like the, yeah, the yeah, national yeah. <laughs> the national dish in, in in catalonia but of course tomato came after the colonization of the american continent so back then people didn't have tomato and it's, it's what it's known as the the white cuisine because it's like the, the cuisine before tomato they were kind of whiter than they are now. yeah they didn't of course have because we, we put color. tomato everywhere yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and of course today catalan cuisine is known across the world it, it appears in sunday supplements and in broadsheets and in all the newspapers around the world and things and uh being recognized with um 66 i think michelin stars we counted earlier But in a country famed for stellar cooking, Karma Ruscalleda stands out. She's the recipient of top honours such as the Creo de San Jordi, the National Prize for Culture and the Catalan Parliament's Medal of Honour. And her three restaurants in Catalonia and Japan have been awarded seven Michelin stars. She was the first woman anywhere in Spain to be granted three Michelin stars in 2006 for her restaurant San Pau. That restaurant, San Pau, on the Maresma coast, just north of Barcelona, closed in 2018 after 30 years. But Karma is still going strong, as Alan, you found out when speaking to her recently. Yeah, it was great talking to her. She's so passionate. She's a great communicator. And in a way, she's a, she's a pop icon in, in Catalonia, uh, in, in, in Polonia, the main... Um, like a satire yeah. program of yeah of Catalan of TV like the Saturday Night Live. Uh -huh. uh, so she has a, her own character, just right. like other uh, chefs as well. So she's a real household name. Like. Yeah, 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 exactly. So yeah, just just like talking to her about Catalan cuisine and the, the, the past, the future. It's a, it's, a, it's an amazing experience. Okay, well, let's take a listen. In the world where I grew up. French cuisine was the gold standard for gastronomy, and French chefs the epitome of creativity and sophistication. But at some point at the turn of the 20th century, the focus shifted south, to Spain, and more specifically, Catalonia. I was wondering how exactly did that happen? What made Catalan hot cuisine special? And what does hot cuisine mean anyway? So I called Carme Ruscalleda, the first Catalan chef to ever get three Michelin stars, the highest recognition the French culinary world has to offer. Hola, Carma. Hola, hola. When I ask what hot cuisine means to her, she compares it, of course, with opera. Música de carrer o liceu. Tot és música, però liceu... It is the maximum expression of gastronomy, just like opera releases the full potential of music. Street musicians do a fine job, she says, but going to the liceu, the Barcelona Opera House, 
and having an entire orchestra, a choir, a ballet company, and a soprano perform for you, well, that's a different story. Això és la gran diferència de música de carrer liceu, la gran diferència d'un restaurant casual a una franquia. Ruscalleda speculates that hot cuisine restaurants were an accidental offspring of the French Revolution, when hordes of chefs who used to cook sumptuous and extravagant meals were left without their clients. So they started offering their services to whoever could pay them. This laid the foundation of the so-called haute cuisine, literally high cuisine, that for centuries impressed the world. It wasn't until the 1970s and the 80s, Ruscalleda says, that some restaurants in Catalonia tried to imitate that style of cooking, its precision, the almost academic approach to food. Ruscalleda opened her first restaurant in 1988, the San Pau in San Mar, a seaside town north of Barcelona. She used to work as a bachelor in the family business, and when she left to become a cook, some people felt sorry for her. But what she saw was a world full of possibilities. Just like other contemporary Catalan chefs, she realized that imitating French cuisine was not enough, and began exploring Catalonia's rich culinary tradition with the aim of turning it inside out. And then, of course, there was a guy called Ferran Adrià. Ruscalleda calls him a genius, the Lionel Messi of gastronomy, who revolutionized cuisine as the chef of El Bulli, and whose innovative ideas influenced other chefs all around the world and brought Catalan gastronomy to new corners. Now, she says, you wouldn't be surprised to sit at a restaurant in Asia or America and get served a dish with ratafia, a typically Catalan liqueur, or a soup with a tomato-based sauce known as romescu. Ruscalleda herself has taken her locally-inspired cuisine to Tokyo and is one of the most popular faces of Catalan gastronomy. She feels fortunate for living in a time when society looks up to her and rejoices telling me that some people who once doubted her ability to earn a living in the kitchen now tell her that their children want to be chefs, just like her. Karma Ruscalleda. Huge thanks to her, a real honour to have one of the greats of Catalan cuisine chat to us on Filling the Sink. I'm delighted to be joined now by Judith Calix, a journalist, food writer and the director of Cuina, Catalonia's leading foodie magazine. Hello, Judith. Hello. Nice to be here. Good to see you. Uh, Cuina, which has 50,000 readers every edition, has just celebrated its 20th anniversary and in fact its 250th edition. So congratulations. Thank you. Um, looking back to when it launched in 2001, what was the situation like then regarding haute cuisine in Catalonia and what kind of changes and developments do you think we've seen since then? In 2001, when Cuina was launched, Fredran Adrià from Albuji was already considered the best chef in the world. After years of dominance of French nouvelle cuisine, Catalan cuisine began to be well known by all the international media. Mm-hmm. For example, in fact... Ferran Adrià starred on the cover of the Sunday supplement of the New York Times newspaper. It was uh, very important for, for yeah, us. He was everywhere. Yes. <laughs> he was yes, everywhere. Yes. It was a, 
a real revolution. Mm. Besides Adrià, a few visionary chefs, such as Santin Santa Maria, Joan Roca, and Carme Ruscalleda, catapulted our cuisine to the top of the world. Mm. Nowadays, in our country, a new generation of chefs shows that Catalan gastronomy is still one of the motors of world cuisine. Mm. Mm. In the magazine, you have interviewed all of the big names in Catalan cooking over the course of the past 20 years. Are there any, uh, a few that you might pick that stand out? Mm -hmm. Over the 20 years of Queen history, we have interviewed those pioneers, Adrià, the Roca Brothers, Ruscalleda, Santi Santa Maria, their predecessors, uh, Nechel, Jean-Luc Figueras, their contemporaries, Fermi Puig, Carles Gaig, and next generation representatives as Albert Adrià, Carles Avellan, Marc Gascons, Thanks to all of them, there were thousands of young cooks influenced by a new way of doing things mm -hmm. rather than a type of cuisine. As Joan Roca said in an interview once, we were non-conformists and we had the need to create new dishes. Mm -hmm. They have contributed to popularize gastronomy and they have dignified the profession of the cooks. Thanks to them, children now want to be footballers and also chefs. <laughs> yeah. And Judith, you mentioned like a few of the different generations, like the predecessors, the, the, the really famous ones and their contemporaries. But also um, maybe we can talk a little bit about the, the newest generation because the 20th anniversary issue of your magazine features 20 chefs who could define where Catalan cooking goes next. Yeah, uh, we discovered the, the 20 chefs who we think guarantee that this Catalan cuisine revolution will stay alive. Hmm. And all of them are under the age of 40 from all over Catalonia. And a, a huge range of styles, I would imagine. Yes, I recommend you eating at the restaurants of the 20 chefs. Mm -hmm. But if you ask me for that, I, I would like to highlight uh, five of them, for example. Yeah. Uh, the first one is from Barcelona. His name is Arnau Muñío, the owner of uh, Directa Bucaria restaurant. Mm -hmm. One of the recent sensations in Barcelona. For example, Pep Guardiola. I Wait. saw that, uh, that he visited the restaurant uh, Recently, a few days yeah. ago. Oh, yes, right, yes, okay. yes. In a little space, he cooks dishes that make you travel from the Mediterranean to Japan. He prepares a tasty menu in front of the customers and serves to them directly at the bar. Oh, so you can see him do everything? Yes, yeah, like a show cooking. Oh, brilliant. I will also highlight Elinoya, who is in charge of the normal restaurant that Roca Brothers have recently opened in Girona Old Town. Uh, this young woman has been, until a few months, the head chef of the Sella de Can Roca well, one, uh, restaurant, one of, one of the more the famous restaurants yeah. in the world. And she became a, a cook by chance after studying psychology. Right. That, uh, we have all, <laughs> all type of there's cooks. Still, there's still time for us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can also recommend Joseba Cruz. Uh, this is very special. He, uh, he is a nomadic chef. A nomadic chef? Yes. From time to time, he loads his truck and settles in charming places to offer odd cuisine in the middle of nature. Oh, that uh, now I think he is in Menorca. In Menorca? Okay. So it's like a food truck, but with yes. proper food. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And finally, I would like to outline two chefs who continue with the family restaurant. They are Arnau Bosch from Cambosch in Cambrils and Martina Puigbert from the fantastic restaurant Las Cols in Olot. 
Okay, so that that's a long list. I'm sure our our listeners <laughs> yeah, <laughs> will be glad. To. Yeah, get booking, folks. You know, we'll put a list and we'll put a link, of course, to the magazine too as well. Judith, it's been absolutely great talking today. Thanks very much for coming in. Thank you for inviting me today. And the website is coina.cat. A word of warning, don't go on their Instagram if you're in any way peckish. I made that mistake. Absolutely irresistible images of amazing dishes on there. And speaking of amazing dishes, Alquimia is a restaurant in Barcelona run by chef Jordi Bila. They say their style of cooking digs deep into the past, present and future of Catalan gastronomy. And this week, Alan paid the Michelin star restaurant a visit. I can't recall when was the first time I heard about Alquimia, one of the best restaurants in Barcelona. But I'm sure that the person who mentioned it was my dad. If there's something he loves in life, it is food. And he made sure to pass this passion down to his children. So when I finally went there a few weeks ago, I felt like I was visiting some kind of sacred place. And the holiest grounds, of course, were in the kitchen. I stood there for a few minutes, watching the choreography unfold. On the one hand, it reminded me of an assembly line perfectly organized workers with each individual performing a very concrete task, adding value to the final product. On the other though, the craft they demonstrated made me think more of an artisan. Whether peeling donut peaches, cutting slices out of a fried cuttlefish, or even flipping a Spanish omelette, each task was performed with surgical care. Unfortunately for me though, I went there as a journalist, not as a customer, but still, I was intrigued by the philosophy behind it, by how much thought was put into something as simple and essential as cooking and eating. So I started by asking its mastermind, Chef Jordi Vila. Unsurprisingly, he talked about how important it is to get the best raw material in the first place. His mission as a chef, he said, is listening to each ingredient, to hear what they're asking him to do with them. Which reminded me of a quote by Michelangelo, the all-around Renaissance artist. Every block of stone has a statue inside it, and it is the task of the sculptor to discover it, he said. So I guess the same can be said about ingredients striving to become a delicious meal. I must admit I did not try any of the dishes myself. Not that I wouldn't love to, but I'd hesitate to pay 170 euros for a meal. Paradoxically though, High cuisine restaurants often don't rack up large profit margins. On the contrary, high quality ingredients cost a lot of money. Preparation takes a lot of time, with the result being only a few dishes every time, and there's only so many people who go to these restaurants anyway. There's a running joke about the business model of such restaurants, pointing out how they could possibly be profitable when there are more cooks working in the kitchen than customers sitting at the tables. The pandemic hasn't helped either. Some high cuisine restaurants forced to close due to COVID restrictions never reopened. I asked Bila how it's been for him, and his answer came as a surprise. I've had worse years, he said. And it was back then when he realized he needed more resilient and a diversified business model. In 2016, Alchemia changed its location after 15 years. When it reopened, he did so with a twin sibling, another restaurant named Al Custat, which literally means by the side or next to. Both restaurants are located on the same floor and share the same kitchen. What makes Al Custat special, I was told, 
is that you can get a meal less sophisticated but just as thoroughly prepared for around 40 euros. Alcostad benefits from Alchemia's fame and in return it provides some extra money to help sustain Alchemia. Add some partnerships with brands and the business manages to stay afloat, allowing Jordi and his team to work their magic in the kitchen. Our thanks to Jordi, Bila and everyone at Alchemia. Well, Alan, I was very jealous when I heard that you were going to be going to this Michelin starred restaurant. Did you get to sample the sample the goods? No, unfortunately no. not. Oh. <laughs> but I got some ideas. Maybe ah, right. maybe I can try doing it at home. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Probably not as good as the <laughs> as the original one. And I mean, we're talking about all these kind of high end restaurants and stuff. But you know, obviously, some of them are incredibly expensive, and some of the menus are very expensive. But there's also affordable options there as well. And some of the restaurants do like. Daily menus like lunch menus where you can kind of sample a bit for for a bit cheaper, so mm-hmm. it's worth checking out as well. Yeah, and even the the, the best restaurants like Alchemia or Sayeda Can Roca have like their little brother. Like uh, in recent years, there's like this 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 trend. Alchemia have Alcustat, Sayeda Can Roca have just uh, opened Normal, and sometimes it's even like the the, the same chefs. But just like cooking more affordable meals, like less fancy. Yeah, maybe a bit less formal kind of. Yeah, I mean, which of course, like it's still not like a 10 euro menu that you (laughs) can eat at a bar here, like down in the street. But like if if you want to have like this culinary experience, Mm. uh, I'm sure it's a, a good option as well. And you mentioned El Sayer de Can Roca, one of the most famous restaurants in Catalonia. Of course, it has three Michelin stars. And the Michelin Guide is, of course, one of the most well-known reference points when it comes to talking about these cuisine, fine dining establishments. Catalonia has no less than 66 Michelin stars, as we said earlier. Uh, That's in the latest guide, the Michelin Guide Spain and Portugal 2021. Three restaurants have three stars. Uh, We mentioned already El Sayar de Can Roca in Girona. Yeah, and also in Barcelona we have De La Sarte and Abac. Okay, and there's a couple of new ones there that have earned their second star as well, bringing it up to nine in total. Plus, there's another 39 restaurants in Catalonia that have one Michelin star. And the thing is, Alan, you know, they're not just in Barcelona or they're spread out everywhere. Yeah, they're all over the place. Like, you can go wherever you want in in, in Catalonia. Well, not like every town, of course, but like every region, more or less, will have its own uh, Michelin star restaurants. Actually, I, I recommend um, our listeners to, to check out our website. There's an interactive map of all Michelin star restaurants in catalonia that's that's the headline so if you google that probably you're gonna find it yeah. uh you can see of course that there's many like a lot in, in barcelona also in the girona region the, you, you can see that there's like plenty plenty of them yeah so along the coast in the mountains countryside small towns north south east west you're never far from a michelin star restaurant in catalonia michelin michelin michelin, michelin i don't michelin. know we, we keep, sure, yeah, sure area, we, we keep changing the way we <laughs> we call it so uh, p- apologies to French speakers. <laughs> Time now for our Catalan phrase. I presume it's a food-related one, Alan? Yeah, of course. There, there are plenty of options. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, it's hard to, to pick it down. one. Uh, so I'm going to go with a la taula y al llit al primer crit. A la taula y al llit al primer crit, which is... When they tell you it's time to eat or time to sleep, well, you, you need to hurry. Like, you, you shouldn't make them wait. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. And so actually discovered there's a, a second part, and it's a la taula y al llit al primer crit, y cuando digan a trabajar, ya va, 
or si és a treballar, deixeu-los cridar. Which is like, in a way, saying like, but if it's work, what they're calling you for, like, ah, it's okay, like, they can wait. Okay, okay, so just to get that straight, a la taula i al llit, that means at the table or to bed, a primer crit, on the first call, mm-hmm. no? And the second half was... Si és a treballar, deixeu-los cridar. So, right, okay, so if it's for work, let them, let them yeah, shout. It's like priorities. They can shout Priorities. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it for today's episode of Filling the Sink. I think it's time to get lunch, Alan, after all that chat about food. What do you think? Oh, that's, that's the best idea in the world, Holkern. <laughs> Big thanks to Judith Calix of Queena Magazine for joining us earlier. Uh, thanks as well to the legendary Catalan chef, Karma Rus Galleda. And to Jordi Bila and everyone at Alchemia. Thanks, Alan, for joining me. And you, Logan. And thanks, of course, to you for listening as well. We're on our summer holidays next week, so the next episode of Filling the Sink will be out on Friday, the 20th of August, all about the Baldaran, the Aran Valley. If you can't wait that long, why not check out some of our 40 podcasts now available online? You can find them on catalannews.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hope you're all having a good summer wherever you're listening. Until the next time, from me, Lorcan Doherty, and all of us here at Catalan News, bye for now. Adeu. Y bon profit.